Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bon Voyage, a very hot episode of Bon Voyage. I'm your host, Rob. With me, as always, Adam. <laughs> and we have a guest today. How about you introduce him, Adam? <laughs> so this is my father. His name is Doug. Say hello. Hello. How are you tonight, Doug? Oh, I'm doing all right. I'm just quite warm. <laughs> yes, it's yeah. very hot. We're in the middle of a heat wave here. So normally when we have a guest on, uh, well, Adam, you can ask some of these questions, but I'll, I'll just ask to start out with if you have much of a history with Bond, who's your favorite Bond? What was the first one you saw? Have you seen them all? All of that. Give us your Bond uh, history. All right. My Bond history in a nutshell. <laughs> um, I saw my first Bond movie uh, when we were living up in northern uh, Saskatchewan, uh, and there was a... First Nations Reservation, and there was a satellite dish in the roof of the school, and they rebroadcast to all of the other, you know, homes in the in the, on the reserve, and uh, but everybody had to watch the same thing because it was one satellite dish right, broadcasting right. out. So at that time, on the movie networks was um, for your eyes only, and uh, it wasn't Saturday morning kung fu movies. It was for your eyes only that time. So that was the first James Bond movie I watched. <laughs> And strangely, I was hooked. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one to get hooked on. That was my, might still be my favorite Roger Moore one. I got to say, that's probably the best first Bond story we've had yet. That's pretty awesome. That's a unique story. Mm. So, uh, I mean, after that, while we were there, of course, uh, Never See Never Again and Octopussy came out not too long after that. So I had the the, uh, the three movie experience. Right. Now, Never Say Never Again, we, we haven't discussed if we're going to do that. We might do that as a bonus episode since that's not strictly canon. Like when that came out, were you aware of all of that that was going on, that there were like two competing studios trying to claim Bond? Well, we have to think about the early 80s where there really wasn't any such thing as, uh, as the internet or right. um, really any mass media. Of course, I was up in northern Canada too. Yeah. There was also that. So there was really nothing. Oh, and I was 10. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so there, there was really no argument. I was just watching Bond as a ten-year-old boy. He, James Bond, fancy cars, you know, scantily clad women. Right. Fair enough. You'd think that's funny to put it that way. Like it must be so confusing, or it must have been so confusing that these two movies were released at the same time with the same character, the guy who used to play him ten years ago, and the new guy. Like since we didn't have the internet or since you didn't have the internet at the time and you're not like a business insider getting Variety magazine to stay in touch with that, it must have been a little odd that they had two James Bond movies coming out competing against one another. Well, I mean, I was old enough to know that actors can change in movie franchises. I mean, so, so I mean, sure. it wasn't particularly unusual uh, that way. I like, oh, yeah, there's old man Bond. Right. And then we got uh, Roger Moore Bond. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, mm. kind of similar to how these days when, uh, say, there's an asteroid movie that comes out, there's often two. <laughs> well, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's um, it's funny is I actually have seen all of the Bond movies eventually, except for Spectre. I did not see Spectre. That was the only one I haven't seen yet. I mean, obviously the one that's coming. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I have seen them all because I did work in video stores for a while in the 90s. And, of course, you know. It's pretty safe to put on a Bond movie while you're alone in a video store on a Saturday morning. For sure. Usually when you watch Bond. So I did get to see them all. That's where you watch mm -hmm. them mostly, in the video store? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So as uh, Timothy Dalton came through and then Pierce Brosnan and, and now Craig, did you like them or did you always stick to Roger Moore because he was your first? 
Um, no, I mean, Roger Moore, uh, I knew that he was going to be done because he was kind of old looking and even I could recognize it back then. <laughs> yeah. But Remington Steele was on TV at the time. Yeah. Right. And I had in my mind, again, no insider knowledge, no internet, nothing but, you know, occasional uh, TV guy, Mayflower kind of article saying about a new Bond. And I was all hyped for Remington Steele to be, you know, Pierce Brosnan to be the next Bond. Yeah. And then it wasn't. So there was that big reveal scene there, the first uh, Tim Dalton movie. And it was like, well, that's not Pierce Brosnan. Who's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> right. And I was all flip a table and, and upset about uh, <laughs> not having my Bond be the yeah. Bond. So I don't think I ever gave Tim Dalton uh, a good shot at all. Yeah, you and the majority of mm. people, unfortunately. <laughs> I hated I hated his movies. I wanted my Remington. Yeah, it's too bad. I luckily didn't have any of that. I just got to enjoy Tim Dalton. Did you know that it was right up to the wire, like Pierce Brosnan was supposed to be, and then they signed on to another season of Remington Steel? Like, all the paperwork was done. They were ready to announce him, and then... His contract got extended with Remington Steel. They decided to do another season, so he had to get delayed. It was almost ten years later till they did Goldeneye. Like they they yeah, wanted I mean, him I to. I found that out. Yeah, I found that about well after the fact, of course. But right, right. Um, but at the time, no. Right? It was sort of uh, destined mm-hmm. to be, I guess. Uh, I forget how. There's some kind of connection. I don't know if it was in one of the Dalton movies or even one of the Roger Moore's, but Pierce Brosnan's wife was in one of the earlier ones, so he had a connection early on. So he met. Uh, Cubby Broccoli and the producers quite early and they loved him. But yeah, you're not the only one who felt that. So many people felt that. And for that reason, and because of how uh, serious Timothy Dalton took it, he never really got a fair chance, I don't think. Only got two chances at it. Adam really liked the one that we've seen so far. And the other one that we haven't watched yet, License to Kill, was one of my favorites. Mm. Did you feel like super vindicated then when Pierce Brosnan became the next Bond after Dalton? You know... I was much older um, at that point, um, and uh, I actually kind of felt betrayed because it, they weren't good. <laughs> the Brazies, yeah, yeah. I mean, I played I played Goldeneye and, and all of the things, right? But you know, Adam was you know born in 1995, right? So you know, I was busy doing other things in <laughs> my life, being an adult and all of that jazz. Yeah. So when yeah. Um, when uh, Pierce Brosnan became uh, Bond, it was. Um, Disappointing because it, at that point it was just action movie after action movie scene after action movie scene. It's like, yeah. okay, Michael Bay play before Michael Bay was there. Yeah, exactly. Well, when Michael Bay was still making okay movies, he, he made The Rock around the same year Goldeneye came out, which was kind of a fun movie at least before he got too crazy. Uh, I, love I the actually Rock. just saw some theory on Reddit about how The Rock is like a canonical James Bond movie or something. Yeah, it could be. I love I love The Rock. It's so it's so good. Yeah, that Sean Connery's character is actually James Bond, and the Americans have been holding him this whole time. Yeah. I've I've read that too. I like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a good theory. Yeah, yeah, they got the Brazies got pretty out of control. A lot of people tend to like uh, Goldeneye. It's a bit more grounded than the rest of them, but. I, I agree. They're, the movies are silly, but he's great in them. Like, it's just, he's a victim of the times, I think. That's what people wanted. And without that, we wouldn't have got Craig. They had to, the series had to correct itself. Well, Craig is by far my favorite Bond now. Yeah. Hands down, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was actually, well, I was just listening to our last week's episode this afternoon, which I don't usually do, but I wanted to just check on a few things. I think I mentioned it in that one that he has become my favorite too. Like I go back through the old ones and I have like a lot of nostalgia for some of the old ones, but Craig's just obviously the best. <laughs> I mean, Connery, you could argue a little bit and Timothy Dalton's one of the better actors, but he only did two. It's really hard to debate that Craig isn't the best, I find. Yeah, it's it's hard. Will will you? Uh, so you've been following along, right? Listening to the episodes a little bit. Yeah, I am up to date. Nice. Will you watch Spectre when we get there? Since you haven't seen it yet. Oh yeah, absolutely. Nice. I'm really looking forward See. to talking about that one because. People loved it when it came out, and then in the last few years, I think it's just a victim because there hasn't been a new one to compare it to, and people are just getting sick of it or something. I don't know. It's not very well loved, unfortunately, compared to Skyfall or Casino Royale, but what are you going to do? <laughs> do you um, do you remember much of Moonraker? Um, spies in space. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Basically, oh, so, yeah. Jaws is Jaws is in this one uh, yeah. again, right? Which is good. Jaws second appearance. He's first. This is his first appearance in Archonology. Uh, I was thinking about that if if that's going to be weird, but he's basically just like an assassin henchman for hire. I don't think it matters which mission you see first, but we'll well we'll work that out. Mm. This isn't a flawless uh, chronology for sure. I remember the Bond girl's name in this one, which is ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Holly Goodhead? <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. It's just over the top. Oh I God. had forgotten yeah. until you said it. Yeah. I had to think about it for a sec. There's a, well, I, as I've said the last several episodes, I don't want to talk too much about it before, but there is a lot of good in it. And it, often you just think Bond in space. But aside from that, there, from what I remember, there's quite a bit of good. And I was telling Adam this afternoon, this is my favorite of the novels that I've read. It's nothing like the movie except the name of the villain and the name of the movie. And a space shuttle is involved. But other than that, it's mostly just him playing cards, Bond playing cards against the villain, trying to get some information. And I like it a lot. I have that now. I think I haven't seen it since the last time I read the book. But I remember thinking this is nothing like the movie. But I hate being one of those guys who's like, ah, the book is so much better. (laughs) That you are that guy. I am a little bit, yeah, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. How are you feeling about it, Adam? I'm feeling good. I wanted to share, uh, I actually ask you, Dad, about, you used to do, I think, a J.W. Pepper impression all the time, right? You would call, you would call me boy, and that kind of accent. Is well, that it was actually more of a foghorn leghorn impression, but that kind oh, of goes along okay. with it. It's the, totally the same character. <laughs> yeah. yeah, over the top, southern good old boy, or like Boss Hog from the Dukes of Hazard. all the same kind of, uh, of accent. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I say, I say, I, boy, we, say chicken hawk. When we were watching, <laughs> um, it was Man with the Golden Gun, right? That J.W. Pepper return. Yeah. Uh, we were watching that. It, it clicked in my head. I was like, that's how like that character's familiar, because that was my dad when I was a kid doing all those. I forget if, well, not like I was there, but I don't know what came first, Foghorn Leghorn or Boss Hog. Probably Foghorn Leghorn, right? Oh, yeah, by decades. This, yeah, the stereotype. Mm-hmm southern character and then yeah uh live and let die and man with the golden gun was definitely doing a nod to boss hog with jw pepper <laughs> oh yeah for sure yeah but yeah i'm excited for moonraker it's this one in octopussy you said were kind of like the ridiculous ones like bond goes to space and bond goes to the circus <laughs> is my impression yeah so. basically yeah, pretty much 
there's another one, uh, A View to a Kill. That's his last one. And that one gets panned the most, even more than Octopussy or Moonraker. Like, people just think it's ridiculous. And it is, but I don't know why. I have a soft spot soft spot for it, unlike these other ones. Like, it's it's outrageous for the whole thing, and it's just a lot of fun. Uh, these two, I don't know. Well, you'll have to see for yourself. Well, I was a Duran Duran fan at the time. A View to a Kill came out, so a, I'm going to sort of like it anyway. It's a great song. <laughs> That's like the one redeeming quality on a lot of people's lists when they talk about it is what a killer song it was. But if you look at like, I don't know, a lot of critics' rankings of the Bond movies, A View to a Kill is often very low. A lot of the more ones are. (laughs) But especially Mm -hmm. that one. This one was a pretty big hit. Obviously, I I said in the last episode, they uh, originally were supposed to do the one that you saw first, Doug, for your eyes only. That was originally supposed to be after The Man with the Golden Gun, but because of Star Wars, they decided to bump this one ahead and add in a bit of extra space. It did pretty well. I think I looked it up. It was like a $34 million budget, and it made $70 million in North America, so they doubled their money. I think it was considered a hit. That's about all the background information I have. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to watching it because I, I haven't seen it in 20 years. Oh, really? Nice. Because Moonraker is not a go-to Bond movie for me. <laughs> it's That's funny. Um, I sort of belong to or like participate in this Bond community on Twitter a bit, and it's like one of the go-tos for a lot of people. It's like a background you're doing chores on Saturday Bond movie. Which is appropriate, I think. It's it's, a, it's not one you sit down with a big crowd and actually watch thoroughly. <laughs> so we'll see how this goes when we're actually paying close attention and kind of uh, giving it a review. All right. Uh, Dad, have you been watching any of the movies since you were listening to the podcast or just listening? Mm. Uh, I've just been listening. I haven't watched. I, I haven't had time, you know, COVID and stuff. But um, I've been following along and... Um, remembering the movie because i have seen them all um nice. so uh they've been quite familiar um i do want to watch from russia with love again that is uh was my favorite and i think remains my favorite sean connery movie so uh look i'm looking forward to watching that one again that's my favorite so far for sure yeah. that's your favorite so far adam yeah. 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 Definitely it, it was my favorite through, as I said, most of my 20s. It's so hard to say what your favorite is because it so depends on mood. Like it changes so much for me, but I really do love that one too. I was just going to say, I totally understand you not uh, watching them as you go along because we're the ones doing this. And it does actually, like, I'm a huge fan and it's hard to watch one a week after a while. It can be. <laughs> Uh, listening to you, uh, gentlemen, uh, talk about these things week after week, I'm getting an itch actually to watch some other um, spycraft shows. Um, the Saint. I want to go back and watch The Saint. Yep. I want to go back and and watch um, uh, Get Smart, uh, nice. simply because I think in a lot of ways that outclasses Austin Powers. In so many ways, uh, Get yeah, Smart yeah. was fantastic. And uh, I kind of actually want to go back and watch uh, The Twenty Four again. Oh yeah, nice. Mm. Well, you know, it's the JBs, right? James Bond, Jack Bauer, Jack Bauer Jason yeah, Bourne. Yeah. Right Tony on, Bravo. yeah. I, uh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, when Disney bought Fox, 24 got on Disney Plus, and I just noticed it a month or two ago and was watching a random season. I was watching season three of 24. It is pretty fun. It's more like Jason Bourne for sure. Well, it's fun because uh, he, much like the Sean Connery uh, Bond, Jack Bauer gets caught all the time. Yeah, definitely. Always just gets caught. 
right? <laughs> and yeah, he's like Sean Connery getting caught, and he's like Daniel Craig for always going rogue, never doing what his bosses tell him, <laughs> and, be, and being the blunt instrument. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, you're right about Get Smart. I should watch that again. It's definitely the class year parody, and I've actually never watched The Saint. <laughs> I've only ever I've seen clips and stuff watching old Roger Moore, but I've never actually watched it. But I should. No, it's actually really good. Nice. Uh, the, the Val Kilmer movie remake. Don't don't bother. Oh yeah, I remember when that came out, but I never saw it. I remember the poster. <laughs> well, all right, let's watch a movie. All right, let's do it. I was just saying to Doug that it's hard doing this remote, like on the webcam, because as soon as we hit, like, say hello and we're back on, you want to get talking right away. So when we came back, you were shaking your head a little bit. What was your first thought? <laughs> uh, my my initial thought was, like, it's been 20 years since I've seen this movie, and it's never been my go-to to watch again, and I remember why. <laughs> All um, right. The, the, last, the last act in particular is... is painful yeah uh well same thing with me basically except i remember thinking like halfway through i was like shit why don't i come to this more often it's actually pretty solid entertaining and kind of grounded few like surprisingly dramatic moments and then friggin' space (laughs) ruins it all yeah like you say the uh the uh the first um two-thirds of the movie are are actually you know classic bond totally yeah I mean, there's some serious cringeworthy moments through it, but I mean, it's a classic Bond. Um, but then the last act when they went to space is like, oh, nope. Just not necessary. How'd you feel, Adam? It's funny that you say that because I liked the <laughs> space stuff. I know it was like hilarious. And like like you said that Star Wars had just come out yeah. or whatever. So, of course, they want to get on that train. So And it doesn't fit Bond, really. But I kind of like this like classic Bond. But then he's in space. Base. Well, there was an old TV series called Space 1999. It was, I think it was Canadian. I could be wrong, though. Um, but it was trying to cash in on the Star Trek kind of thing. Um, and it had roughly the similar kind of production feel where everything was, oh, it's just a model. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny is, like, well, you say it doesn't fit Bond. Not only does it not fit Bond, it doesn't fit this movie, but it doesn't look terrible. A lot of mm-hmm. like, I don't like inside the space station where all they do is walk in slow motion to have that effect. That's about it. It it doesn't really work for me. But all the exteriors look pretty good. Like it's good model work. I found the mm-hmm. uh, the most interesting thing about the space battle. Uh, I know we're probably way off. There's no format. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's good because I think the most interesting thing about the uh, the space was the actual uh, platoon of Marines versus uh, the platoon of uh, that was so of, um, silly. I don't think I've actually ever seen that space uh, infantry space. Yeah, fight. totally. Yeah. That's Trump's space force up there. That's what we're. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of uh, Thunderball. 
because they do the same they, slow motion except thing underwater, but it's underwater yeah yeah right? totally that's what yeah. i thought too it's like they, they did the underwater yeah. thing where they're just going for it and that's what they did in space it was like same thing very little dialogue just kind of yeah. red team versus blue team <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah all right did you finish up your thoughts there if we i may have interrupted you you liked you liked it adam sorry yeah, overall, I it's like cheesy, but I kind of, I kind of like the sci-fi element to it. Okay, do you feel like uh, before we talk about it too much that you enjoyed it more than Raji's other two? Um, like more than I know it's better than Live and Let Die, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's maybe like around the same as Man with the Golden Gun. Okay, maybe if it was less of a hot day, I'd like it more. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I enjoyed it more than I expected because the rest is so good. Um, so you wanted to try a summary, Doug? This one isn't so bad. It's a pretty straightforward plot, actually. There's a few distractions, mm. but it's not so bad. Yeah, I could try the summary. I mean, it's it doesn't follow any particular story narrative. It's crisis, 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 the end. <laughs> I like it. I mean, that's a, that's its story structure. That's bond. Um, so, which is which is fine. Um, so, okay. So see, let me try this. All right. So a private company that makes space shuttles steals their own shuttle, right? And Bond is sent to investigate. So, uh, Bond goes to California to do the investigation there, finds the evil, da- evil, uh, Drax, who is twirly mustache evil, like snidely whiplash, like totally, it, it's, it's hilarious. Transparently um, evil. <laughs> Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Do- like, do- worse than Dr. Evil Evil. Yeah. <laughs> Comically so. So um, he's, he uh, sleeps with the pilot, um, and the pilot, for some reason, gives him all the secret paperwork, and she probably gets eaten by dogs for it. Um, so that's California. <laughs> <laughs> was she, I wasn't clear. Is she a – oh, yeah, she was the pilot of the – yeah, sorry, pilot, not not the yeah, astronaut. Correct. Yeah, that's right. I couldn't – I didn't catch her name. Yeah. Yeah, no, she was a pilot, and, yep. and that's it. Um, so, I had French tour so guide. I mean, he met yeah. doc, he met uh, Doctor Goodhead uh, as well, and and uh, briefly there, and, and she didn't really weigh too much about it because one of the ten thousand blondes that were sitting in Drax's blonde <laughs> empire. Um, so that's fine. So. Uh, they end up over in Venice, and I can't even remember why they ended up in Venice. Yeah, I wrote that down, Some, too. Do you think he – in the safe, uh, there must have been paperwork for Venice or something? The, the, oh, the, the glass factory. Had the a, glass factory. Yeah, yeah that's what it was. Yeah, factory. Glass that's whatever. what I thought. So he was chasing down the, uh, the blown glass for the orbs. Yeah. So gets to Venice. Um, you know, him and Drax and uh, um, Jaws, apparently, are uh, are fighting again, you know. Gondola chase, gondola chase on the streets, you know. <laughs> he, uh, mm. Bond figures out that uh, Goodhead is really a CIA spy through all of the... She had way cooler gadgets than anybody. <laughs> those are, those yeah. are some pretty cool gadgets that she had. Yeah. So he figures out that, oh, okay, so that's what the orbs are for. They're to put this crazy stuff in. So he comes across this laboratory... Where and also, what's up with the evil, the uh, evil Doctor Genius kind of uh, uh, knee leg schmucks that the scientific engineers were wearing? <laughs> totally right. <laughs> yeah, was, I noticed that too. That's it was hilarious. it was fantastic. Yeah. So, um, in a very dramatic fashion and very very obvious 
It's like, oh, yeah, this is neurotoxin. It kills people but doesn't kill rats. Good to know. Right? So he yeah. figures out through when he's fighting uh, Chang. Or Chang or Chow. Or Chow. Yeah. <laughs> Chang. Chang pronounced Cha. Okay. Yeah. So the, the overly racist Asian dude that couldn't decide which particular Asian culture he was trying to emulate. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, it's very cringeworthy writing on that one. Anyway, so he throws uh, when he's having a fight in the clock tower, figures out that, uh, oh, there's a bunch of these orbs are going to get shipped to Rio. Okay, that's fine. <clears throat> so throws Chang out the, uh, out the window, the, cl- the clock tower window. We see Dr. Evil, I mean Drax, uh, <laughs> want to hire hire a Jaws for, uh, to replace to him. be his next henchman. <laughs> yeah. So, boom, we're off to Rio to go uh, figure out um, why they were shipping glass balls to Rio. And so they're there, and which is fine. Lots of fighting again, you know, boat chases, you know, ambulance chases and... The uh, sky train, sky gondola thing. Two gondola chases. Cable car. Gondola. Gondola yeah. chases. Yeah. Like, it's fantastic. And then I just want to now have this crazy uh, side movie where it, all it is is about the love story of Jaws and this. <laughs> Do- uh, Dolly. Dolly. Yeah. Dolly. Dolly, that's her name. Yeah. Jaws and Dolly. I just want to now go back and have this complete love story of the of the Jaws and Dolly story. If you yeah. want to have some fun after this, I've never really gotten too into it, but there's just hundreds of Reddit threads and YouTube videos on uh, Dolly and Jaws' relationship. And apparently there's a cut. I remember it too. Maybe it's on the VHS or the old one. Dolly had braces. And if you like Google Moonraker uh, Dolly, it'll come up. What happened to Dolly's braces? Because it was this connection they had because she had metal on her teeth and Jaws had his metal teeth. Oh, that's right too. Oh. And she didn't have them. Yeah. She doesn't have them anymore. So people are like, did they ever really exist? Did we imagine it all? And there's all these conspiracy theories about Dolly's braces. It's very funny. Like the old Mandela effect right within a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, all right. So, so they figure out um, – after uh, Bond and, and Goodhead get separated from the ambulance that they were kidnapped into, um, that it really is Bond comes riding off on a poncho in a very strange transition uh, <laughs> to a station yeah. in somewhere in Brazil outside of Rio, yeah. uh, wearing his Clint Eastwood poncho. Uh, and the, we see a bunch of weird um, Q gadgets. Yeah, complete with uh, like a Western that, score, eh? It's so weird. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. Yeah. And they figure out this is where uh, James Bond gets to be, James Bond, Mr. Know-it-all. He apparently he can read chemistry formulas and say, that's a plant formula. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, to an orchid and kick it her, and from this particular river basin. <laughs> totally, yeah. It's like, well, okay. Yeah. That's, he knows more than Q, yeah. Yeah, you are a savant. Um, Roger so, Moore is definitely a know-it-all Bond. He just, I don't know, like he's reading constantly whenever he's not working, apparently. He just knows everything. Oh, uh, apparently. That's why M hates him. So uh, James is given the uh, matchbox boat with all the uh, the toys and gadgets and stuff like that that he uses every single one of them yep. to get rid of Jaws, who's chasing him again. Um, so only to, in the end, get captured by uh, Drax's harem of women. <laughs> Yeah, the, in an underground the, oasis. Yeah, the sirens that draw him in. <laughs> yeah, because oh. Bond. Yeah. Right? Can't help himself. <laughs> so then we have the uh evil villain revealing part of his uh part of his plot, uh, because 
Goodhead is uh, is there, and they're both trapped underneath the rockets. It's about ready to go and toast him into uh, into melted stuff. While <laughs> Drax heads off to his uh, secret invisible space station, with uh, where it becomes very very obvious what's going on. We know exactly. We have this figured out well ahead of the big tell reveals. Like, oh yeah, this is Noah's Ark. Nerve nerve talks in to destroy the everybody on 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 Earth. Master race in the, in the sky. Very obvious what was going on. So they get up there to the space station, and then the rest of it is all about, um, you know, one, uh, making the space station visible again. So invisible space station because it's visible. So that way the space marines can come. <laughs> and, and who do uh, in their tinfoil suits? <laughs> and then uh, the rest of it is really about destroying the space station. Yeah. In a crazy sequence at the end, Bond and uh, Goodhead go and... Take the take the last shuttle out for a spin with the laser and go and try and blast the uh, neurotoxin orbs that are on their way to Earth to save the day. And then the very cheeky humor piece at the end about um, the Queen <laughs> uh, getting to see uh, Bond get laid in space. Queen or yeah, that's right. Yeah, while, the Queen and the yeah White while House. he's attempting reentry. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, that line is yeah it's, yeah. There were so bad lines. And some weird lines like the uh, the Russian general who happens to be wearing nothing but red <laughs> and cool. yeah. over made up uh, over made up uh, concubine or whatever there some cheesy and lines. And he was like, "Of course I'm awake." There's so many problems, so many problems. Yeah, that's General Gogol. He's the okay. best. He's in a bunch of them, but yeah, he was barely in this one. Just enough for, and I think that's the only time you see him with a woman. It's really weird. Yeah, there were a lot of weird moments. Yeah. So was that a good summary? Very good, succinct. That's, yeah. Right to it. Yeah. Like I said, this one's a bit more straightforward. So I was going to ask when you said the reveal that we knew all along, Adam. When did you know what was going on? What Drax's plan was? Did you get it as soon as you saw the rats surviving? Um, well, so I lo- I went to Wikipedia to figure out someone's name or something, and then I like just saw it. I kind of was reading synopsis a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So I and yeah, once you like get one hint, it's like it's pretty obvious what's gonna happen. Yeah, I it, it's weird this plot, and I shouldn't talk too much about it because you haven't seen this one yet. But coming right off the Spy Who Loved Me, it's about a submarine that was kidnapped that Bond needs to then go investigate instead of a space shuttle. And it's the same kind of thing, a private guy that was involved that stole it and is using it for his own means. It's They really do recycle these storylines. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was a very good summary. What did you all think of uh, our hero in this one? <sighs> Bond himself. I mean, he's just, he's a bad kisser, like you said. Uh, I was, was going to ask if you <laughs> noticed it this time. <laughs> there was oh, the one yeah, close up. Yeah. I was like, there, Adam had to notice it this time. <laughs> Yeah, it was really, really yeah. bad. Yeah. And he's just the same Raji. Like, he's kind of rude and know it all and Definitely know it all Like, 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 funny. He's competent enough. I don't know. I'm, um, I've always been a reluctant fan of his. Like, the this one and Man with the Golden Gun were my favorites as a kid. Uh, but as I grew up, I just didn't get it. But he is a lot of people's bond. And I don't really get it because he's kind of an asshole. He's not that suave. He's not like super duper cool. He can't fight. He never runs. <laughs> like I, I, I mean, there's a lot of good too. I, I shouldn't be so hard on him. Like he's funny, and 
he is like suave, I guess, but compared to all the others, yeah, it, it's a mystery why he is so much everybody's favorite. Because he's he's charismatic. Yeah. Okay. There is that. Yeah. You, you have to like he is. He has got the charisma up the wazoo. Because you're right. He can't fight. He can't kiss. <laughs> uh, he can't run. You know. Apparently, he can't even shoot. He can sure smile though. <laughs> but yeah, he's got a winner smile, and uh, he's assertive. Yeah, that smile he gave Jaws when he first ran into him and they recognized each other. It's a smile to kill for, for sure. <laughs> what What are you talking about he can't shoot? I don't remember. At the end with the the spheres. Oh, yeah, at the yeah. end, he like, missed a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah, and then there was the bit about uh, where he's doing the skeet, they're doing the skeet shooting with uh, Drax. You know, that was their version of poker in this movie. Yeah, yeah, totally. I love that scene. I don't know if he deli- I don't know if he deliberately missed or whatever was going on. Well, yeah, he hit yeah, the he, sniper in the tree. He shot the sniper in the tree. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I missed that. And then cuz cuz Drax was like, "Oh, you missed." And he was like, "Did, Did I? I?" Yeah. And he took out the guy yeah. who was up in the tree meant to shoot Bond. Yeah, I missed I missed that part for some reason. That's funny. It's crazy how in the Bond movies like if you look away for a second, you take a note, you miss like whole big things like that. Yeah. It, or you could like look away for 15 minutes and not miss anything. If it's like a chase or something like the plot just <laughs> randomly yeah. jumps ahead really far off, like a five second bit. Most of it is just show and action and class and cool stuff. Right. Not mo- like most mm-hmm. of the movie isn't plot service. Well, I mean, it's just the way the story structure is. It re- there is no hero's journey or, or even, um, you know, Simon Triangle or anything like that. It's really just crisis, 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 yeah. crisis, crisis. Yeah. Especially As in these you get old closer ones. Closer and closer to the reveal. Yeah. yeah, Craig has a bit more of those, but this one, this, they try to get him so many times, like so many times they try to kill Bond. Like it's, I think it's like eight to ten times. Not your usual like three or four chases, but there's like extra ones thrown in with the G-force machine or like, um, like that skeet shooting scene. Right? It's like. They're just trying to kill him like so many yeah, times. Yeah, take a hint, bud. And like, just, and he just sticks yeah. around. Like, he's so confident. That's the other thing, uh, Raji has an ample amount of his confidence. <laughs> mm. He can roll in anywhere. Yeah. Well, he's he's absolutely not realistic, right? Like, he's he's cartoon Bond. Yeah. Yeah. Bond the animated series. I yeah, yeah totally. Sadly, I agree. But it's in this one in particular. Like, well, you mentioned the the dog scene. And uh, the carnival scene got a little silly, but it was also a little menacing when Jaws is like, I don't know, it creeped me out a little bit when he was just lurking there with a stupid costume head above everyone else. Like it it can be silly, but it's also like stalker-ish. I don't know. I found it a little weird or creepy. There was a lot of, of, of that, like women who were just only existed to move the plot along. Yeah, that's right. Normal. Yeah. What was with Drax's? I, I guess it only happened twice, but when Bond first meets Drax and he's playing the piano, they go through the trouble of him introducing those two women. And then at the pheasant shoot, it was yeah. another two women that he had to introduce and they were different. Like he just has these. It's just him freaking flexing being like, look at all these hot women or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I guess in pairs, always in pairs. <laughs> My women come yeah, in twos. There was, this one, there was this one woman who kept reappearing. Right, she was at the glass factory, and then she was, but she never spoke. You never knew her name or anything like that. She was just oh, really? I didn't. The um, kind of like the Bella Swan, um, Kristen Stewart kind of mouth open all the time, okay. sultry thing going on. Just I'm just a blonde here to look good. I didn't even notice. Mm. Yeah, there was one that she was just she was just one of the henchwomen 
that did reappear over and over again. Right. But really for no purpose. Maybe she has an in with the production or something. Just got a lot of screen time. <laughs> Could be. That definitely happens a lot in this series. If you know someone, you can get a cameo. What did you think of the big stunt at the start that was ruined by Jaws trying to fly? Because otherwise it was <laughs> like, that's, they really did that. Like, that's a really, I mean, Roger Moore didn't do it. And definitely Richard Keel didn't do it. The guy who plays Jaws, but stunt doubles were actually, you know, they hopped out of a plane. And I mean, I'm sure yeah. underneath that jacket, he was uh, actually wearing another uh, shoot, obviously, but it still it was a pretty cool stunt. It feels like I've seen that stunt somewhere else. I've, I've seen that particular stunt Probably. somewhere else. Maybe it was Point Break or something like that, where I've seen a, a version of that same kind of thing. Yeah. The thing that I don't like about it is this and other stunts, they cut it with extra like green screen shots. Like there was a couple shots of like close ups or like. Yeah, they do that. Moves where you can see it. In uh, in The Spy Who Loved Me, you'll see. That's the one I always think of. But there's a few others where, yeah, they got to get the close up so you can like pretend that it's actually Roger Moore doing it. And it totally ruins. Mm. I, I agree with you. Better to just keep the wide shots going. Yeah. There was a Connery one where the same thing. Whenever he's driving, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you'll have this exterior of an awesome car chase, and then you'll zoom in and you just see the rear projection behind the car, and it's horrible. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, but otherwise... Especially if there's no dialogue. I mean, you do that when there's dialogue or some reason to do it. Yeah, exactly. I I guess the only reason is to try to trick you into thinking it's actually one of them, like Roger Moore or Sean Connery, doing that action. But nobody really believes it, and it just takes you out of the moment. But no. what um, hmm. it's a weird sequence though that Jaw. Where was Jaws hiding? Was he like in the bathroom the whole time? Because it, because Bond was like on a separate mission, right? I'm talking the pre-title yeah, sequence. The yeah, pre-title. He, yeah, it felt like a like a carryover. It's like, oh, I'm gonna go get you because he wasn't working for Cracks. Yeah, exactly. He was just a he was working for somebody who wanted Bond dead. And he thinks he can fly, and uh, a carnival tent saved his life, apparently, or is he just invincible? Maybe him and Dolly are still floating around space. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows, man? Well, he has to live because he comes back, right, in our chronology. Oh, I suppose. Yeah, and it did say, didn't Bond mention, uh, they'll make it, they'll be fine or something. I don't well, know. Well, they, they actually said the at, at NASA, the space agency. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they did mention that uh, that they, they was land, they were sending a boat to go pick them up in the Pacific Ocean. Right. Yeah. They had like a tall guy and a short blonde girl or something. <laughs> what year is this? Seventy nine, I think. Like nobody in the Western Hemisphere hasn't heard of NASA. Like less than ten years after the moon landing. And just just to clarify, that's the space agency. <laughs> that, that wasn't. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah such an unnecessary yeah. line. Did you like the song this time around, Adam? I liked it a lot. I liked, uh, like you were just mentioning, Jaws falling into the carnival tent. I really like that transition. Yeah. That just goes right into the title sequence. The, I like the title sequence this time around. It was pretty cool. Yeah. The, this one's, this, this is one around is the, the first one I actually like. Yeah. Well, The Spy Who Loved Me, the one before this, is really good. And so is the song. But this is the same. This is Shirley Bassey who did uh, Goldfinger and Diamonds Are Forever, which you haven't heard yet. But um, I don't know. This yeah. one's kind of flat to me. There's no, I don't know, no horns, I guess, or something. It's just missing. For such a sort of weird, action-packed, silly Bond movie, it's a really slow song, Mm. I find. But you enjoyed it? The song is fine. I like the title 
like the actual visual part. Yeah, okay, song, that's I how I feel too. Do did you remember the song? Was this a popular song at all? I guess you said you were ten, but <laughs> no, don't remember it. Some it's very rare that the Bond songs are like radio hits, but it ha- like half of them were. I don't know if this was one of them or not. I don't remember it uh, being a radio hit, but again. No, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the song or the score really this time around. I didn't notice much. Just the Bond theme again. What was the best part of the score? Whenever there was a good chase or whatever. Yeah, well, I was, I was five when this movie came out. Oh, five. All right. So, and, <laughs> well, it came out in seventy-seven, right? Okay. Yeah. So, um, so five when it when it came out, and I didn't watch it for a couple of years later. So there was no pop music tie-in for me at all for this movie. Right. Right. How'd you feel about the score, Adam? The uh, there's one big. I like the score. I think there was some good stuff. I mean, there's not a lot to the score. In this yeah, movie, I didn't find it. But there was the moment that it was uh, so good was when Jaws sees Dolly for the first time, <laughs> and the love theme from Tchaikovsky's Romeo and Juliet plays, <laughs> and they fall in love immediately. That was so good, and because my first experience with that particular. Uh, strings cue is in the sims one that happens when your sim falls in love with another really? sim they play that that uh, or like when they do a kissing action or something like that it plays every time was there another nice piece i didn't notice when they have that big dramatic hug at the end i don't remember no. on the on the spaceship no or on the whatever the hell that was space station that seven. wasn't jaws's voice that was a dub right yeah i think so he, although he does kind of sound like that, he does have a really deep voice. Maybe he dubbed it himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so much dubbing in these movies. He doesn't speak once in Spy or Love Me, and then they finally gave him a line. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know that it was worth it. <laughs> I think it was part of the uh, part of the comedic effect because, you know, Jaws was the comedic relief for this movie, right? Yeah. Certainly yeah. a part of it. Yeah, I don't really get Jaws either. How did you feel about him, Matt? This is your first time seeing Jaws. He's like often ranked top two or three hench people. And I think it's just because he's iconic, but he's kind of useless and silly. He's got to like, he's super strong, I guess, but his big move is to bite your neck. I don't know. It's very weird. I can see how he's iconic, obviously, with his freaking Jaws. <laughs> uh, he was one of the ones I had heard references to in something or other. Yeah. Uh, and like the cable car scene specifically. Right. Uh, so that like rung, rang a bell for me where he's biting the wires and stuff. But yeah, he just kind of like, like I was saying, like they try to get him so many times in this movie and Jaws does it like five of those times and fails. <laughs> yeah. Every time, every time, like so much, you know, I got to uh, admit, you know how I often say like, I hate CGI. I don't like new special effects and all that. Like old, old movies are better for that when they're done well. But in this case, there were a few friggin' doozies when Jaws jumps the, the gondola. Do you remember what I mean? When cable he hopped the cable yeah. car? Yeah. I looked at, so I was writing about it and I wrote gondola for the chase in Venice. Cause that's a gondola, but those are also called gondolas. The, the what, yeah, cable car. Yeah. Cause I, mm. when I Googled it, they both came up and then I thought of the connection that he has a gondola, <laughs> cha- two gondola chases of the two different varieties in it. Anyway. Yeah. That jump oh, is very cringy <laughs> just from a, special effects point of view yeah yeah i noticed that too like they speed reeled it or i don't even know how they did it it just it didn't work it doesn't land it's it's almost as egregious as the 
the whistle in Man with the Golden Gun. <laughs> oh, actually, I think the the worst one of this movie that I saw was during the Venice gondola chase, uh, where the gondola's on a it go through the streets and this crow pigeon double take double take pigeon double take yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. it's like what yeah i was i've told adam about this before so there's debate among uh the community the two worst like just dumbest moments in all of bond history between this one or in uh, live and let die when kananga explodes when he gets the uh air bullet and literally inflates and pops on the ceiling. I always said that one's worse, but maybe the pigeon double take, like the, the editor must've had so much fun in the room doing that. Like it was just a forward reverse forward. Cause like he didn't, obviously the pigeon didn't do that. Like it's not even really well uh, <laughs> delivered. Like it looks so, I don't not cheesy. Isn't the right word. It's like amateur. It doesn't look well, or like well done at all. Well, it's like weed night on, on editing that scene, right? Yeah. Well, we should talk about yeah. that whole I, – I know we're jumping around, but whatever. Uh, that whole gondola scene, like there's so much to talk about there. But let's assume that Drax hired this Venice assassination squad to kill Bond. So he's, they stalk him on – one of the canals and they have one of their guys hiding in a coffin filled with knives. And he first decides to take out the innocent uh, driver and then misses with his second throw. Like if you're going to have a throwing knife mm. instead of a gun, you better friggin' hit him. And, th- and then <laughs> after that, there's still a guy driving the funeral boat and he bumps into one of the bridges. Like these guys, yeah. who are these guys? <laughs> like w- what is your route as a funeral boat thing that like, why are you going under that bridge? Like, you don't fit. You should know that. Right. It's amateur hour with this friggin' hit squad. You know, it kind of has me thinking, like, you know, the villain is the hero of their own story. And that may be the, the Drax's stories about this this person, man with a vision who's surrounded by incompetence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honestly. Well, yeah, I, I always love thinking about those things that you don't see in these movies. Like you were talking about that a lot in the last one, Adam, all the sides, yeah. like them getting ready for this. All right, we got a report that our target is uh, hitting the gun or hitting the canal. Let's get let's go rent a boat. Everybody dress up as in your funeral garb. In positions, everyone. Yeah, exactly. And then the speedboats come out of nowhere. The thing I noticed in this chase scene was uh, we just watched Man with a Golden Gun, where there was a different gondola chase. Yeah. And that whole thing happened where, like, they went down the middle of the gondola and broke it in half. Last movie. And they did it again here. Yeah. It was the exact same, same thing. method. And, yeah. That was the same thing. And they also did... Oh, no. Never mind. What I was thinking of was the the gravity thing. It was very similar to Thunderball with the back stretcher where he's stuck in a thing. And it gets... Spe- yeah. the, the woman who turns it on, leaves the room, and then the bad guy comes in and turns it up. It's the exact same scene. Yeah, yeah, exact same. How many Gs did he, was he getting in that thing? Like 14, 15, 18? Like a, like a lot. Yeah. Like, like you liquefy at some point. That was about as rattled as you ever see Raji, though. When he got out of that, it looked like he was so actually like, in it. <laughs> but he didn't, like, throw up or anything. No, but he looked positively pissed and dizzy. Yeah. yeah. But at that point, he should have pieced out of there you'd think yeah he shook it off like a boss yeah 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 went and had a nap then got laid then went around doing his espionage thing 
What do you think they did to uh, Roger Moore to make him so flush? <laughs> I don't know. I want to watch the making of it just for that. Because he, yeah, for real. Like, that's about yeah. as uh, good at acting as he ever does. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you talked about Bond already. Your guys' opinion of him in this one, and I kind of forgot to. Uh, that's what I was going to say. He doesn't act much. He's just, I guess we already covered all that. But th- that's like the only time where he does. He can drop a cool line and stuff, but he's never rattled or stressed or anything yeah unless apparently he's uh stuck in a weird gravity machine <laughs> any well we're sort of talking about the action and stunts and stuff what else stood out there i wrote down the two gondola chases and yeah mm-hmm. the assassination squad obviously the space one but we basically covered that <laughs> yeah the uh boat chase in rio was kind of cool. Some of the explosions, I don't know if it was stuntmen or if they were dummies, but some bodies went friggin' flying when those boats were blowing up. Yeah, like really high. Yeah, I don't know if you guys noticed that. Oh, I, I did. Like, like, no. like you like way up there. Yeah, they flung, yeah. And it was a wide shot, so, and they were like ragdoll. So hopefully it was dummies, not stunt doubles, but you never know. Well, it was funny. I was watching the um, the, the last boat, the one that Jaws is in, yeah. comes over and it skips over the piece and, and it's got the... Uh, um, you know the yellow shirt, yellow coated uh, driver there, right? And then it lands in the water, turns around, gets behind Bond, and, and Jaws like pushes him down so we can get the Tommy gun out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. So silly. It's like, man, yeah, so much. That was the uh, that was the action scene that I kind of tuned out and didn't pay attention to at all in this movie. That was the one I paid most attention to. I think just the explosions and the yeah the dummies because of that. The one that I totally. It was like the the second boat chase. Like, yeah, we already did a water chase. Like, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, the the best stunt of the movie was the was the pre title opener with the parachute, and uh, that was literally the best stunt of the movie. Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, like yeah, that. I'd say so. Um, the one I lost focus on was as it always is was the space fight. Like, all right, wrap it up. <laughs> That's the action scene where I get bored. I liked the I liked the fights though. A couple of the fights I liked that. Uh, Chow or Chan's fight, even when he first hopped out of the corner, it was almost like he was trying to scare him. How he just like screams in his face, and Bond like barely even flinches. He's like, "Well, that's not going to work." <laughs> well, I was trying to figure out the 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 mask, the mask and the bamboo stick and his getup and all all of it. I'd be mean, right with the opening piece with with Chang where he's you know. It, like colonial Chang, you pour in the tea for the uh, yeah, yeah. rich American evil overlord. Yeah, yeah. Like all of it was just so not great. Bad. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny actually. Uh, it's like they have that henchman, and then like the people writing the movie were like, "Yeah, this guy sucks. Let's just bring back the last guy." <laughs> yeah, we'll, like mid movie. Yeah, we'll kill him off early and then bring in a second henchman. Yeah, yeah. Everyone like Jaws, right? I thought he was wearing the mask at first, so. Uh, Bond wouldn't know that it's Drax's guy. I thought maybe that's why, but then it comes off anyway. I, I chuckled a little bit at that fight when Bond puts the thing back, the the million-dollar glassware or whatever, and then it just gets destroyed immediately after anyway. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Because he took it off, and then the, and the siren went off, and then he puts it back. Because he had heard it, right? He, he's like, ah, I am a respecter of fine art. I'm going to put it back. And then it gets smashed immediately <laughs> after. That's worth a good laugh. <laughs> What'd you think of, uh, I guess we, we touched on just Drax's 
women and the terrible demise of what was her name? Corinne. Corinne, who was actually pretty cool and didn't deserve that fate. That was a like the music was even really intense. Is uh, yeah. you don't see that kind of horrific thing in a Bond movie very often. It's like at a Game of Thrones. <laughs> Well, well, normally that whole woman in the fridge kind of kind of death of a woman that they do has a purpose to raise the stakes. Yeah, but that didn't raise the stakes for anything. Yeah, and because Bond didn't even know what happened, it was after he left. No. Yeah, like it literally served nothing. Just an intense, weird moment. Yeah, you're right, and it doesn't come back around. There's no consequences of it or anything, or to it. That's right. And the dog, mm-hmm. and you never see the dogs after that. That's it. That's the end of the <laughs> yeah, he left them in California. Yeah. It's funny that they made the point. I don't know why they bothered uh, having him in California. Like, why not just have him in France? Like, they went, like, uh, plot-wise or writing it wise. Like, why in California? Because he likes French culture so much, and he brought over every one of those stones to build that <laughs> palace from France. Okay, that was really funny. Like, why would you would bring every stone from that's France just, and they, to build your It's castle? so funny that that's in the plot, yet they shot that in France. Like, all the exteriors of that place is at a French palace. <laughs> Bizarre. Because I, I saw on the shooting locations that France was one of them. And I was like, when were they in France? And Oh, yeah, it's Drax's place that they're pretending is in California for some reason. It's really strange. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, the exteriors are all pretty cool. When you were doing your summarying, you meant when they go to Rio, it's kind of brief and stuff. And it's, there's a lot of plot going on. But before they uh, get onto the gondola, there's some beautiful exterior shots of the whole region there up on top of that mountain. That's pretty neat to see in a movie like that. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. And obviously the interiors are all pretty cool. There's a lot of really neat places. The layers are always sweet, especially lately. We've been watching several in a row with a really good layer. I don't know how they did the effect back then. It looked like uh, when they were when they hijacked that little buggy and switched their outfits over, they're in like that cavernous place. It looked like uh, Moria and Lord of the Rings, kind of like really huge pillars. Yeah. 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 So it's a strange layer for sure, but pretty cool. Like the, I actually liked the, um, the uh, evil, evil science engineering lab. Yeah. That was, that was that they had, it was actually pretty cool. And then I totally loved it. Totally have to be completely suspend belief that it was all gone and back to gold leaf ornate giant hall afterwards. It's like, yeah, no, no, that's not possible, but I'm going to go with it. Yeah. 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 That was crazy. To the point like that is so unbelievable that I'm always confused when I see it. I was like, okay, what's happening now? Why is he back? This can't be the same room. Yeah. It's really weird. (laughs) Yeah. You'd have to like move, like moving the hallway would be easier. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't entirely understand what is happening there is just a second. Drax magically made the, where the lab was into a, just a regular big, beautiful room. Right. Maybe, maybe this is just the conceit of, of, of critically watching a movie. This movie was not meant to be critically watched. Right. We, That's we, kind of the thing with these Bond movies in general. Yeah, like we run the, into that a lot. So, <laughs> like this time, I wasn't sure uh, if you were going to do the summary for sure. So I was keeping like steady track of what's going on. And I'm like, that's why I tune out for like a boat chase. Because I'm like, all right, boat chase. Like take that note for the summary. And now I can like relax and just not give a crap <laughs> or whatever. 
but it's much nicer if you just like go in like I don't give a crap. Which is and then you just have a fine time. As I've said so often, like especially as a kid, I watched them for fun and had no idea what it was about. I like even Goldeneye. I had seen several times before I understood what the hell was going on. Like I, I come in, I would also watch them like it'd be on TBS and I'd come in halfway through and just watch it for a few action scenes or whatever, just casually, but actually sitting down to figure it out. It can be, it's not even confusing. It's just not necessarily how it's meant to be. Cause there are a few holes. Yeah. And as we said last time, a lot happening off screen, which often I like, I like when a movie doesn't hold your hand and you really have to think about it and put, put the pieces together. Like one thing I've, as I've said several times that I like about this series is there's not often a lot of exposition dialogue, like very few, actually. That's why it can be so confusing. Uh, But a little bit more might be helpful once in a while. (laughs) Like, well, you mentioned the, uh, when it turned into a Western all of a sudden, and we had MI6 station Rio in like the weird monastery. Uh, they never arranged for a meeting. Like he was in Rio talking to Dr. Goodhead and being chased by uh, Jaws and almost got kidnapped by Drax again. And then just suddenly is with MI6 getting his new gear from Q. And like, how did they know? Well, the only way I could figure it is that Manuela, um, who basically just disappeared. Right. You know, after Drax tried, after Jaws tried to eat her. <laughs> That she was gone, mm. um, and then I'll, so maybe she went and told MI6, "Okay, time to fire up the station." Yeah, fly, fly money penny mm. over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, yeah. She's always there. <laughs> I love that. Like Ryan yeah. said last week, like they don't have phones or what. <laughs> like I know it was the seventies, <laughs> but they had no. telephones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that reminds me, um, Drax's telephone. I didn't notice it. Oh, when he's in um, in Venice, it was this crazy, like white polygon kind of weird, shapey thing. Yeah, and it's like, what? What is with this? <laughs> just crazy. That. Well, you mentioned in the summary uh, how he's just a quintessential evil villain. Let's talk about him for a minute. What a hilarious! Because you're right. Like to be introduced to a guy with two hounds while playing the piano, all sinister, you, you come at him from behind. Like never for one second. Do you think that this is just a guy who builds ships? Who's a victim who builds space. Like this is clearly our guy. Yeah. He's not Hank Scorpio. You know, no, not at all. <laughs> I, I found it was pretty funny. We had, uh, like Steve jobs in tomorrow never dies. Right. And then this is like Elon Musk kind yeah, of, a little I guess. bit. Yeah. Make sure he – what is it that he says right after he meets Bond and he goes away and tells uh, he tells Chan to follow him, make sure some harm comes to him? He has a few good lines. I yeah. like that line a lot. Yeah. Keep an eye on Mr. Bond. Make sure some harm – I think I wrote it down, but uh, – Make sure some harm comes to him. See yeah, that yeah. See that some harm comes to him. Yeah, it's <laughs> so good. What's with his pairs of women? Oh, I already said that. <laughs> It's it's also it's funny how like in other villains and stuff they don't immediate or what am I trying to say like Bond shows up and right away this guy who is presumably friends with people right. like he's just like I want Bond fucking dead <laughs> like immediately he does he's like I don't give like Bond is here to quote unquote help fuck that guy <laughs> like. He hasn't even found anything yet. Like, but he does. He breaks yeah. into the safe and like he knows that he's onto him and that he's clever. But and he never but really. After. 
Yeah, I, that's, I tend to agree. That's why I have. Yeah, meanwhile, the minister of defense of the of the UK government is like their best friends at golf together. Or something. Totally. That's yeah, yeah. He needed. Def- oh, he's my card buddy. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, bridge it was bridge? They play bridge together. Bridge. That's what. That's what, yeah. what uh, the book is all about. They play bridge at this fancy casino in London. Uh, M and Drax play together, and he suspects him of cheating. I think, and he's involved in some shady business deals. So tells Bond to go play him and to get more information. I, I didn't even notice the bridge reference in the movie, but that's why. That's about as close as it gets to the source material. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, there's a few villains that are, like I said in, the, in your summary, like transparently evil. I, I do like when there's a bit more grade to them. <laughs> he's like, he's yeah. friggin' Hitler. He wants a s- superior race. He wants to kill everybody and then start his own uh, vision of a perfect human race and where he is God, basically. Yeah. The only thing he didn't have was a mwahaha evil laugh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's quite, yeah. quite a uh, quiet, like a calm demeanor about him. Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't like blustery, like Goldfinger is or, or buddy from tomorrow never dies. It's very calm, more like Le that way. Yeah. He had a shit together. Yeah. Um, I would say as far as plots go though, this is probably the highest stakes one yet. Like the whole of the all of the human race was going to be killed, besides these few weirdos up in space. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty intense, and they were so close to it too. They had like three out of. Oh, I guess they needed like fifty of those spheres. Or something, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But each one could kill a hundred million people. Like that yeah. was so three hundred three hundred million. million yeah, people. like in Tomorrow Never Dies, they almost started a war between. China and in the UK, so that probably would have resulted in a lot of deaths, but probably not three hundred million. They should have let it get like more orbs out there, and they could have had more fun with the shooting them with the laser and stuff, and the stakes would have been higher. Right. It was already one hundred and twenty-six minutes, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but you could just cut out that dog scene a little bit or something. I don't know. <laughs> or cut out all the spit. Like it would have been cooler to just have the final scene on the ground. At the launch pad, we didn't need to go to space. Just do it there, which is the book. No, That's I where like, the book ends. I like space. <laughs> the space is good. I don't know it. I enjoy it, but it ruins. It makes it something else. It's you need because uh, at the monastery in Rio, they showed off Q's laser gun. Yeah, it's true. like have to. They have to use nice little it. teaser there. You know, Star Wars just came out. Chekhov's laser gun. Did you like the reverse engineered uh, wrist dart? <laughs> like he needed it immediately and then used it to kill Drax. Like sometimes the gadgets are pretty subtle and they don't necessarily use them or mm-hmm. it's, you know, not really important to the plot, but it saved his life and it killed the villain in this case. The funny thing I found with that was when Q gives it to him in the beginning, he's like, this is part of the standard kit now. And I'm like, man, you say that every time. Like, why is he not leaving with the whole like cargo camping yeah. backpack? Where's your brief? Like, where's that? Yeah, brief where's your briefcase? From- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. I've thought that standard too. issue. My ass. Yeah, exactly. It's like any government program. It's updated every year. Like we have, you know, here's your terms and services. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His the the safe cracker thing, the X-ray cigarette case safe cracker was kind of a cool gadget. Yeah, that was kind of neat. The thing I liked was uh, when he found the blueprints in the in the safe. He took pictures of them with his old 007 <laughs> camera goggles. <Yeah. laughs> 
custom engraved. That's totally like something you would get uh, as a toy, eh? Like Eon would sell. Oh, that's those. like the McDonald's. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Did, did you notice the product placement in this? Like, I think that one of the perfumes that uh, Goodhead had. Right. There was just a shot of like, check out this perfume. Right. I. That's funny. I yeah, often yeah. do, but I didn't notice it with this one. Yeah. There was a se- there was Seven Up placement. There was British Airways placement. Oh yeah, that's there right. A, there was quite a bit of it. Yeah. 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 You they see get Seven Up a lot. They get really egregious in a few of the Craig ones, especially the cars. Like it looks like a car commercial often when he's pulling into a place. I just don't notice it as much with the old movies, I guess. And the. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if Heineken is a sponsor yet, but there's a lot of Heineken with Brosnan and Craig. <laughs> but no, I didn't notice many in this one. We didn't really talk about uh, Goodhead yet. What did you think of? Uh, what did you think of her dad? She was capable. Yeah, like um, she was quite capable. She was not a damsel, as you guys been talking about. No, she, she definitely was, wasn't uh, that. She was a she was a blonde equal. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I found her kind of like the actress herself, like she was tired or something. Like she was not, she wasn't very energetic. I didn't find, but uh, she's certainly capable. One of the funnest moments on the satellite at the end was her kicking ass in that room and Bond just being impressed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like she, she had a yeah. few good quips and stuff, but yeah, something about her was just, yeah. Tired is what I wrote. Like, well, you were saying uh Rod, Raji Moore was kind of a little tired too. in this one, like, just kind of blah. I didn't find that with Raji in this one. Some of the others, maybe. Did I say that already today? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Um, when uh, Bond falls off the gondola almost, and she says, hang on, James. Like, she just sort of says it instead of, like, screaming. Like, hang on, James. Like, yeah. just, like hang on, James. And what did he say? Well, I had thought of that, or what a good idea, or something. I, like his <laughs> yeah, response. Like the thought had occurred yes, to me. exactly. His response was great, but her delivery wasn't great. Yeah. yeah. But she's very capable as far as they go. She's a solid mid-pack. Like she's not. She certainly doesn't bring the movie down, and she's not a like distractingly bad like freaking Kara. <laughs> she didn't like. Kara was fine. <laughs> she didn't accidentally hit like an abort button with her ass on her way out of the space station. Oh, like, like good, good like good night would do. Good head is better than good night. Apparently. <laughs> no, I didn't notice her making any, you know, tactical mistakes in the field. Like she just did. competent. Yeah. Badass yeah. astronaut, CIA agent. She's a fighter. Yeah. Totally carry her own. Yeah. Yep. And right off the bat, uh, you know, he was like, I'm looking for Dr. Goodhead. And she's like, well, you found her. A woman. And he's like, a woman? <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah, you fucking asshole. <laughs> like, that's what I meant. Like, Rod's just a Oh, dick, yeah, man. his look there. A woman. Oh, you see everything these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Poor Raji. Oh, I don't get gosh. it. He gets, like, credit for being the more kind and gentle Bond. But, yeah, he's still a friggin' sexist. He's just more gentle about it. Well, wasn't was it last week that he would like just smacked a woman? Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and Man with the Golden Gun, yeah. Like she was a yeah, and it was unnecessary. It was after he had already uh like disarmed her and had her pinned down. He like just totally smacked yeah. her for information. And I think like in the old ones in the early sixties, the punching and slapping special effects are so bad. Like if you watch any old movie, they used to like just throw water in each other's faces and punch each other. And it just looked outrageous. It didn't look like anybody got hurt. Even some of Sean Connery slapping girls, but 
by the time the seventies came around, it like it's cringy because it actually looks like he hit her and it's Roger Moore. He's supposed to be sweet. Not that it's ever good, but when it actually looks really real, it's even worse. But there wasn't any of that in this, really. I, besides that, a woman. <laughs> yeah, no, most of his uh, his actions that way were just typical predatory bond. You know, oh, how will we kill yeah. five hours worth of time? <laughs> yeah. He's always shooting his shot. He can definitely sleep around. And he did that, I think, more in this one than the other two that we've seen. Like, there were several, right? Yeah. Three or four. Yeah, Coran and Manuela and Goodhead and probably someone else. Yeah. Good head a couple times. And then the woman at the start, you could assume, like in the plane. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, he's on the last leg of his journey. And then it's, yeah, yeah. It's her leg. So silly. Moneypenny's good, this, this, this movie. Yeah, I didn't take any notes for her, really notice. I liked, uh, M wasn't such a dick in this one. And he trusted him. It was kind of like the uh, like the Craig era with Judy Dench's M. Like, I'm cross with you. I'm mad at you. You're fake suspended. Go save the day. Like with a wink. Like he knew that he was going to keep the mission going. Like he trusts oh, yeah, him. Totally. Yeah. I I read that this is his last uh, the actor's last outing as Bernard M. Lee's. Yeah. He died sudden. He's no M is in the next one, and then in the following one, it's a new one. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to try to keep the M's straight, but like we're not keeping the Felixes straight or the money pennies. It's fine. We'll just pretend that they have different duties or go on vacation once in a while. Like right now, uh, Judy Dench's M is stationed in China, in my mind. <laughs> because it, when she comes back in Skyfall, actually, it's not. Never mind. We'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. <laughs> uh, I was thinking. Um, in Venice, there's a shot where he, when he noticed Goodhead, after he left the glass factory, and is sort of following her. It reminded me of uh, Casino Royale when he was chasing Vesper. And I want to imagine if, in our chronology, that already happened. So if he's like having a sad flashback of when he chased Vesper down in Venice. I think this is the first time he's been there since. Hmm. He goes a few times. Yeah. That was a neat little thought anyway. Yeah. Dive into that later, maybe. Speaking of a little weird flashbacks, when he's in the, uh, the Gravitron, we want to go yeah, all yeah, yeah. on this. When he's, he has this weird flashback. Oh yeah, this is why why uh, Q gave me my wrist uh, my wrist yeah. gun. Yeah, totally. That was weird because that kind of shot doesn't really happen in Bond. No, movies, not at all. Seemed yeah, I noticed that too. I wonder if that's a directorial choice or the same editor who did the pigeon double take. <laughs> and I don't really care for those things, like. It was like 10 minutes ago that Q gave him that. Like, we don't need that. We, we remember. But I guess it's Bond thinking it. This The guy who directed this, this is his third. But the first one that you've seen, this is his third and last, Lewis Gilbert. Mm-hmm. He did uh, Spy Who Loved Me and You Only Live Twice, I think. Which is, they're both coming up soon. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. noticed that too. And that's very unusual to see that kind of flash. Well... Any other notes, guys? I don't. I don't think I really have much more. <laughs> I just had a. I think we already talked about it. The I found it very funny the boat chase. How like I think there were four or five boats that Bond blew up, and all these men shooting at him, and there were grenade launchers and everything. And uh, he took care of all of them, and then it was totally just sexy women just giving him the eyeballs that drew him in. And next thing you know, he's fighting a python. 
Like they just with their eyes, they drew him into a poisonous pit. Basically, like he's so disarmed by. And he just happened to have the uh, the pen needle that he lifted from uh, from Goodhead. Yeah, you know, just the exact right thing to do at that particular moment. Right, right. Yeah, pretty funny. Little Deus Ex Machina moment. It. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's always got the right gadget. Well, I guess we could wrap up then. Not much else to say with James Bond meets Star Wars. No, I mean, it was a funny, enjoyable romp. Yeah. Um, but uh, I will never call it my favorite Bond movie. No, it's it's like <laughs> solid. It's not even mid-pack. It's, it's around, so there's 24 of them. It's usually around like 18. Like there's got to be at least 17 of them that I would rather watch. <laughs> Yeah, and there, yeah, it sucks because there's so much good in it. Uh, is this lower or above Octopussy? We'll see next week. I've always said it's higher because there's like Octopussy is just it's sort of like a View to a Kill. It's fun the whole time, and there's some really great sets and awesome scenes and outrageous villains. Like it's, I don't know, it's a bit more like a Brosnan one, just like a lot of fun. But like there's some really horrible parts. They're just beyond silly that I find so just <laughs> insulting to the franchise that I have. Yeah, it's the, dis- it's the disguises. It's the disguises. Yes, the disguises okay. and the Tarzaniel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a couple other things. It's, yeah, the, the disguises especially. It's just too silly but for the, uh, But you'll like, uh, you'll like uh, For Your Eyes Only. Yeah, that the Aegis cru- uh, It's another, another steel and military asset. Except this time it's an Aegis cruiser. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it'll be a good one to watch. That one's right after Honor Majesty's Secret Service. We can't tell Adam why, but it has to be because of the pre-title sequence. You'll see. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah, that's that's why we're skipping that one, saving that for a few episodes from now. Next week's yeah is Octopussy, so we're jumping. Which one was this? So yeah, we're skipping one here one film from the original release chronology and we get to see him uh this is the pretty big stakes again facing off against russia trying to stop another war between east and west uh he goes to india it's pretty cool stuff there you'll enjoy it a little bit (laughs) it's at least fun hopefully it'll be a rainy day and we can escape to india to warm up and have some fun with that instead of after working in the sun all day yeah, honestly. It'll be great if the restrictions loosen up and we can watch a movie together again soon. That would be cool, too. Yeah. All right. Anything more on Moonraker, guys? I'm good. All good. Uh, we forgot to do it in the intro, we but we should plug our things. Go for it. Uh, where where should they follow us, uh, Rob? 007bonvoyage at gmail.com or at 007bonvoyage on Instagram or Twitter. Send in your uh, questions, comments, critiques. Join in on the chat. Give us some recommendations Mm -hmm. and we'll uh, hopefully eventually do a segment on that, answering some questions. Yeah. If you ask a question, we'll answer it on the podcast. That's good incentive. I want to stop saying that though because then it's just obvious that no one's asking any questions because <laughs> we haven't had that segment yet <laughs> all the yeah. all the critiques that we've had have been from like friends who listen and i don't really uh give them a, a plug <laughs> when i'm responding to critiques <laughs> i guess yeah. we could start doing that yeah if our friends would tweet at us they yeah. would get a, a proper show there you go there you go well, thanks for having me along on this Bond voyage. Hey, thanks for coming. Thanks for we'll, coming. We'll have you again for sure. I like that. All right. Bon voyage, everybody. 
Bond Voyage. 